Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best you've heard here on Five Sixty over the past twenty-four hours. Where you at? It's Dan Day on a feel-good Friday, so I got some reggae on the way to make you say "Irie" as you go into this South Florida or wherever you may be listening weekend. Remember, you can get at me on all the social medias at Dan Day Radio. That's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's Facebook, and maybe if there's ever demand, OnlyFans. Got to be a fan of the Joe Rose Show. Earlier this morning, he talked to Brett McMurphy about the possible 12-team college football playoff and its implications. Then Greeny talking basketball, and the NBA playoffs have been wild with former NBA coach P.J. Corlissimo. Then Hawk and Crowder, Bruce Brown, what are you doing? Plus a live performance in studio that you don't want to miss, and you don't want to miss these headlines. The Bucks stayed alive, winning 86-83 against the Nets last night. Brooklyn leads the series 2-1. The Jazz took a 2-0 series lead, defeating the Clippers 117-111. Tonight, it's 76ers versus Hawks at 7.30, then Suns Nuggets at 10. Former Heat player and current Michigan coach Jawan Howard reportedly does not want to coach in the NBA and is happy in Ann Arbor. Howard led the Wolverines to the Elite Eight last season. The Marlins routed the Rockies last night 11-4. Miami opens their series with Atlanta tonight at 7-10. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, Las Vegas ended Colorado's season last night, defeating them 6-3. The league takes a break until Sunday when the Lightning play the Islanders at 3. The Euro Cup 2020 begins today, while the Copa America Cup starts this weekend. The CONCACAF Gold Cup begins in about a month. The U.S. men's national team is awaiting their opponent to be named. And now, let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A petition on change.org for billionaire Jeff Bezos to buy and eat the Mona Lisa is gaining steam. I mean, you do have to consume the fine arts. Hernando County Sheriff's captured a gator in a post office lobby. Luckily, no one was hurt because the gator was just there to mail something, and humans don't use the post office anymore. Police in Cincinnati are blaming a cicada for a single car crash. Cicadas are real. And Cincinnati, psh, come on. A man claims to have failed a drug test after eating poppy seed bread. Hey, poppy seeds can give a false positive, so let that man through. Come on through to the Joe Rose Show weekday mornings from 6 to 10. Joe Rose is a character, man. He's out in the hallways whenever he's on break, laughing and joking it up with me. Then he turns on the mic and keeps chopping it up with you. Right now, he's touching base with Brett McMurphy about this 12-team college football playoff scenario, the biggest winners and losers of it, and how it's going to affect Notre Dame. Brett McMurphy from Stadium Network is going to join us right now talk about 
the 12-team playoff that's uh, hopefully coming soon here in a couple of years. Brett, I'll ask you this at first. After seeing all the details come out and uh, seeing just how it might be all laid out there, who's the biggest winners and the biggest losers from all of this yesterday with the 12-team playoff? Uh, you know, I think the biggest winners are the group of five conferences because now, um, you know, with the automatic bids to the highest-ranked six conference champions, you're not, if you're UCF, if you're USF, Boise State, you're no longer competing against the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten. All you're doing is you have to just be the best of the other five conferences. And if you are, you are guaranteed a spot in the playoff. And as last year is an example, if this would have been in place, we would have had two group of five teams in the playoff. Cincinnati would have been an eight seed, Coastal Carolina hosting Georgia, the mighty SEC, and then Coastal Carolina, the Sun Belt, would have been a 12 seed would have opened on the road at Notre Dame. How cool would have that been? So I think the group of five is the biggest winner because now they will get in the playoffs. They will have a chance to prove whether they belong. Hey, if they win a couple of games, something crazy may happen. Who knows? And I think the biggest loser long-term is actually going to be teams that are middle of the pack in the Power Five conferences, in the SEC and the ACC and the Big Ten. And what I mean by that is once you get three or four deep in each of those Power Five conferences, if you're not in the top three or four in your conference, you're not going to get to the playoff. If you're in the SEC and you keep hearing about Alabama, Georgia, and Florida, and LSU are going to the playoff every year, and you're not Alabama, Georgia, Florida, or LSU, I think that'll hurt you in recruiting. I think it's going to be hard to compete against that. And so you actually have a much tougher path to the playoff if you're a middle-of-the-pack Power 5 team than, say, if you're in the group of five. Brett, I'm just curious. The old Pac-12 takes a beating out here, as you know, kind of the forgotten of the Power 5. How do you think they'll end up making out with everything? We talked just a few minutes ago about USC has never turned back to USC that we, we used to know so well. Well, certainly, you know, with the, with the top six conferences getting into the playoffs, it's imperative for the Power 5 teams to get into the playoffs. Last year, for example, the Pac-12 would not have made it. Wow. Um, they, oh. they, their, top, their top team was Oregon at number 25. Now that we're going to six power conferences, excuse me, six automatic conferences get in, if you're a Power 5 league, you better be one of those top six because if you're not, nobody's going to talk about, hey, here's the six conferences that got in. Everyone's going to talk about you're the Power 5 conference that didn't get your conference champion in the playoff what's wrong with you i think that will amplify and amplify and that's i think been a big issue with with the pac-12 these past few years is they've had some decent decent years with a lot of you know above average teams but they never had that elite team so what's the perception the perception is oh the pac-12's pac-12 is not any good and then you look at like the sec with alabama you know there was there's a couple of years where Alabama was, would have been the only team that would have made a 12-team playoff. But people won't remember that. They'll remember that Alabama won the national title, so the SEC is supposedly the superior conference because they have the national championship team. This is going to put a little more pressure possibly in the next couple of years for Notre Dame to maybe make a move into a conference in the ACC or not, knowing that the independents will not get that by uh, and, and, and the ACC might have a little bit more leverage again, or, or no, Notre Dame is just going to stay where they are. No, I think just the opposite. I think this guarantees that Notre Dame stays an independent until the world ends. And that is because now <laughs> to put a, to, if you want, if you want a straight answer, because the, the reason is 
look, now they in this current format, what they're proposing, Notre Dame realizes, look, if we're in the top 12, we're in the playoff, okay? We can keep our independence. We can do whatever we want. Even if we go 12-0 and and we're ranked number one in the country, then, okay, we don't get a first-round bye. We slide down to number five. But as Jack Swarbrick said, you know, now he will never have to answer any questions on why they're playing one less game, why they don't have a conference championship game. So basically by agreeing to this setup where BYU, Notre Dame, any independent cannot get a first-round bye, basically what what Notre Dame is doing is saying, okay, our first-round game – is going to be the equivalent of a conference championship game. And then you win that game, you're in the quarterfinals, and then let's see what happens. That's how much they value independence, and they get the best of both worlds because if they don't make the playoff, as you guys know, then they're in the ACC bowl lineup, and they'll be taken care of that way. So, no, I actually think this this locks Notre Dame into the ACC, or excuse me, independent status till the end of time. And I also think this effectively kills any future conference realignment. Because if you're, if you're in a smaller conference, other than the multi-million dollars you'll make by going to a bigger conference, you actually have an easier path to the playoff remaining in your smaller conference than trying to go and knock heads with Alabama, LSU, Florida, and Georgia every year. Hey, Brad, I'm just curious. Do you like it? You, you like what they've come out with, what's out there for 12 teams? Do you like it? You know, I, I do. Um, you know, I thought they would go to eight. I'd, I'd talked to all 130 athletic directors last year and asked them and 70 almost 75 percent wanted an 18 playoff only 11 percent wanted to go more than eight but now looking at it I actually have no issues with it I think the biggest the biggest negative of this is the fact that the teams that get the first round by and then play the quarterfinal games that those quarterfinal games are not on campus that they're in the in the bowl settings and I understand why because quarterfinal games were played on campus, then that would mean the Rose Bowl some years would get the fifth best team from the Big Ten. Four lost Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska. Uh, the, the Sugar Bowl would get the fifth best team from the SEC, you know, unranked, um, you know, Kentucky or South Carolina with four or five losses. And so that's why I think the quarterfinal games will remain in these New Year's Six major bowls. Uh, but if I could, if I could tweak it, that would be the the only tweak I would do would be have, have the quarterfinal games on campus so those top four teams would have the ability to play a home playoff game at home. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, something people don't talk about a lot is the communities in these t- small towns, college towns, you know, they make a killing off of, off of these home games. So just the economic impact that another home football game at these campuses would, would be would be huge. I've, I've had several ADs tell me they make more off a home football game than they do from the college football playoffs. So uh, overall, though, yeah, I, I do like the 12-team format. And um, the good news is it's going to 12 teams. The bad news is we've, we've still got to wait till 2023, but that's, that's what it'll, when it'll kick in after the regular season. Just, just one thing Zach and I have been talking about this morning. Is it too many games, though? Are we going to have people – are we going to have presidents and chancellors go – Boy, we're calling them student athletes and have them play some of the really good teams can play an NFL schedule. I, there obviously are those concerns, and there are those people um, that, that strongly believe that. However, I think the fact that it has gotten this far, this fast, as far as the planning and everything going into it, no one's ever going to admit this publicly. But I really believe that because the, the name, image, and likeness is – coming to a head and that's going to change and players will be able to be compensated and 
earn money off their name, image, and likeness. I almost look at that that that's kind of like a trade-off. Okay, we may have a couple of additional games, but hey, you can make whatever money you can make doing kissing babies or signing autographs at your local auto dealership. So I think it's kind of a trade-off. I wonder, and there's no way to know this, I wonder if the name, image, and likeness was not going to happen if players still would be restricted from earning anything outside of their scholarship if they would have gone to this 12-team model. I don't think it's why they did it, but I think it's why they're more comfortable going to it knowing what's on the horizon as far as the name, image, and likeness. Brett, we had a lot of people that were unhappy when you had a 14 playoff and it's possible you had two SEC teams in there. Now what happens if you get – I mean, if you, I looked at what happened. If you put it together last year, you would have had how many? You would have had four in there. What happens if there's four five SEC. teams? Yeah, what happens if it goes to five? What happens if, if the SEC – we're going to have a lot of people crying again that there's just a not – there's too many of one conference in there. Do you think that's still going to end up happening, or do you think they kind of like fixed it a little bit by making the 12 teams? Well, I didn't want to break this on your show, but you guys are always good to me. Uh, I've got the 2023 playoff pairings. And 13 SEC teams will make the 12-team field. So just be prepared for that. I knew it. I knew it would happen at one point. Of course. So here it comes. I knew. Breaking news here. You are beautiful. That was good. That was good. You know, there's there's two ways to look at it. One is what you're saying. Right. The other thing is like then then just beat them. Beat these guys. Right. You know, everyone's tired of Clemson and Alabama. Well, you know what? Beat them, and then they won't be in these games. Um, You look at the past seven years. And if we would have had a 12-team playoff, ironically, the Big Ten actually would have had more playoff participants than the SEC. They would add 20. The SEC would add 19. But you're right. There's some years in the past seven years, the SEC would have had four teams. The Big Ten would have had four. Um, Several years, you would have conferences with three teams. Um, Look, if you're that top-heavy, I don't have any issues with it. I think it will put more scrutiny, though, in the rankings when we get down to like 10, 11, and or 12, knowing that, hey, these are the last spots that are going to get in, and I think you're going to have, which is great for you guys, endless content, that's where you're going to have your biggest your biggest complaints is, oh, so-and-so got bumped to 13 because they wanted to get this conference in or yeah. get another team in this conference or whatever. But I don't think if you're ranked number 13 in the country and you don't get in, realistically, you have 1,000 playoffs. I think the number 13 team could run the table and win four games, maybe – maybe 0.01%. Right. So I don't have an issue with it. But you are going to have people complain. You have people complain that get left out of the NCAA tournament and they have, what, 240 teams in it now, whatever the number is. So (laughs) it's going to be the same thing. Uh, But at least we're not going to have, we're not going to have fatigue of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, at least not until we get to the semifinals. But at least the first two rounds. Will be fascinating, Brad. Always great having you, man. Really appreciate you coming on, talking about this. Uh, Know you've been covering this real closely, so thank you very much. Thanks, Brad. You got it, guys. Have a good summer. Call me a stick in the mud, but twelve-team college football playoff. Goodness gracious. Might want to hold off a little bit, man. Maybe expand a little, a little at a time. Then, if you get up to twelve, nope. NCAA says we're going all for broke. That's if that happens. Of course, we will keep you up to date on all that. Greeny getting you up to date with P.J. Carlissimo and the NBA playoffs. Well, the number one thing they did was they defended just light years better than they did in the first two games, and uh, especially the three-point line. Have the Bucks made it a series? We'll find out next here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind.
560 The Joe, Radio Rewind, running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. Oh yeah, you know it's a feel-good Friday, because I got that reggae going on. One of my favorite new reggae artists, Taiwan MC, is actually a guy from France that goes by the name of Taiwan MC, playing reggae music. I know, he's all over the place, but no, you just gotta know it's good. Sets the mood right for the weekend. I am Dan Day. Get at me this weekend on social media at Dan Day Radio, and I'm going to be watching a lot of soccer because they just got so much soccer. Euro, Copa, and then eventually CONCACAF Gold Cup. It's USA, USA, USA. I you know, don't want to put the carriage in front of the horse. I'm also going to be watching a lot of basketball. In fact, tonight I think I'm going to go downstairs, hang out with my dude dudes, Giuseppe and Nathan. We're going to watch some basketball, drink some beer, have a good time. This will get you ready for basketball viewing or listening all weekend long. Greeny, he's talking with former NBA coach P.J. Carlissimo about what the Bucks did different the other night. And does Harding play in the series? Plus, Bruce Brown, what do you say to that guy after the game as a coach? From a coach's eyes, which you always will watch through, obviously, how did Milwaukee win this game last night? What did the Bucks do from a coaching perspective that changed this series last night? Well, the number one thing they did was they defended just light years better than they did in the first two games, and uh, especially the three-point line. They limited Milwaukee to eight for 32, you know, 25%. I mean, Milwaukee was just chewing them up. They had 36 threes in the first two games at, like, 45%. So, I mean, that was really the difference. I mean, they beat him about 19 different ways, but the three-point line was the biggest thing. Uh, so to hold them to eight threes last night, particularly at 25% shooting, was significant and enabled them to win. I mean, if you told me they were going to get 86 points, I liked the Bucks. I thought they had a chance last night. But if you told me they were going to get 86 again, I would have said no way. They got 86 in game two and got beat by like 40 points. But they found a way to win because of their defense. Bud uses the term, Coach Budenholzer all the time, we've got to feel them. They have to feel us on defense. They felt them last night. Uh, even P.J. Tucker making KD work every time. They contested the threes better. They got out. They had a hand up. They were bumping them. So it really made a difference and enabled them to win when only two guys really gave him offense. I mean, there's no Drew had the biggest you know, basket of the game late. But, I mean, really, it was just Giannis and uh, Chris Middleton. And even Giannis, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. I, Bud can't say anything, Greeny, but, I mean, Giannis is 3 for 24 from the three-point line during the playoffs. He was one for eight last night. When he shoots inside the three, he's 65%. And last night he started the game right away like he was driving it, he dunked it. Two of the first, like, four baskets of the game were him, like, just bowling over people, going to the rim and dunking the ball. And, you know, for a change, they were running off misses. That good defense made a big difference because it enabled the Bucks to get out and you saw Giannis more in an open floor last night. You saw them doing more things. All they were doing in the first two games in Brooklyn was taking the ball out of bounds, <laughs> and the Nets were back there. They were set up. The Bucks still weren't making any three-point shots, so they were just like in the paint telling Giannis, like, you can't get all the way to the rim. We got all kinds of bodies. Last night there were a lot of opportunities, or many more opportunities for him to, to go coast to coast or to drive the ball to the – to the rim, and Chris Middleton made enough to at least stretch the defense a little bit. If you ever get Drew and Bryn Forbes and, you know, Buck shooting the ball, this is the number one offense in the league, number five in three-point percentage. If they ever have a game where they're making threes, well, it's going to be so much easier for Giannis to be able to get to the rim. But right now, you know, I'm sure Steve Nash is telling his guys, guys, we don't have to go out and cover these other guys. 
They're not making any shots right now. So these are the two top offensive teams, one and two, in the NBA, and they f- play a game last night that ends 86-83. Do you believe that? And, well, I mean, it's, it's, I, it, you should be saying, all right, when does the fourth quarter start? But, but that's the way it went. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I can't remember now if it was – I think it was might have been you or, or it was Tim Legler this morning. We had so much stuff on this morning on TV. made the point that the guy – when the Bucks are going to play the kind of physical defense they played last night, the guy on the Nets best suited to attack that is James Harden. And, and that begs the question, do you expect, just knowing through your whole life, you know, being a basketball coach and understanding that when a guy comes back from a hamstring injury and 43 seconds later, he's out three games and who knows what happens. Do you think we get anything meaningful from James Harden in this series, however far it goes? I, I don't think they're going to play him unless he's okay to go. I, they were so conservative during the regular season. He came back the one time and right away he went out. You know, everybody forgets, KD had the same injury in the other leg, and he missed. Remember, he was out for that term, and they said, oh, he's going to be back in a couple days. And Stevie Nash kept saying every time there was a press conference, getting there, but he's not there yet. That's, he had a hamstring, and they didn't want to mess around with it. And James, to his credit, I mean, he walked right off the floor after that play in, in game one and just headed right to the locker room because he knew. So I, I don't know. There's no way of speculating. I do know this. If James is on the floor, it's night and day trying to defend this team. You know, everybody's saying, well, they're better with only two, not having a three of them. You know, that's ridiculous. Uh, They're a much better team with James Harden, particularly, like you said, when it's a game last night, when it's physical as heck, they're playing in in the mud, and, you know, Milwaukee's doing everything they can uh, to find a way to win. And they, they found a way to win. Giannis was really smart early. I mean, those guys split 30 points, I think, in the first quarter. I don't know if anybody else even scored in the first quarter. Brooke Lopez kind of under the radar. Uh, Mike Breen uh, noted it. He blocked six shots, but five of them were in the second half, uh, including that late Bruce Brown one. I don't know that he blocked it and got anything on it, but he altered the shot. And, again, that led to the miss that, you know, got them down there, and Chris Middleton was able to hit the two shots. But Middleton stepping up, Giannis being way more forceful and getting after it, made a huge difference. If a healthy James Harden comes back, look out. Then, you know, the Bucks are going to need more offense anyhow. They're going to need 105, 110 points. It's the team that led the NBA in scoring three straight, you know, two straight years, uh, and this year again at 120 points a game. They just went back-to-back 86. I credit a lot of that to good net defense, but their offense right now is just bogged down, and you, you've seen that happen every year, Greeny, in the playoffs when you zero in on one team and you take away their pet things and Giannis is settling for jump shots, uh, you know, it, it's going to be tough. Jeff Green will make a difference if he comes back. It's going to give him another long defender, and it's going to give him a versatile guy that can give him a little bit of offense also. So I'm really looking forward. We've got it um, on Sunday. We're, Breeny's there with ABC. We're going to be – Sean Kelly and I are there with radio. So, uh, you know, now it's, gonna be, it's really going to be an important game, and they can turn it – you know, we could have a great series if if the Bucks can find a way to win another one, but they're not doing it without offense for sure on Sunday. That's correct. That's our, our game Sunday afternoon right here on ESPN Radio. PJ, while I have you real quick, when you have a player like Bruce Brown who is being just summarily annihilated on social media, uh, for anyone who didn't watch the end of the game, you know, you've got K- KD and Kyrie on the floor, and Kyrie's not having a good night, but he's still Kyrie Irving. 
And in a late game situation, the ball winds up in the hands of Bruce Brown. And with plenty of time left and his team down one, he makes a mad dash to the basket. You just referenced the play. And it's not a good looking play. And, and of course, fans are going crazy, and Stephen A. went crazy about it on my TV show this morning. Here, just to give you an indication, this was Stephen A. with me this morning. You almost lucky you got a ride back to the hotel. You do not take. <laughs> okay, that's all you need to hear, PJ. Okay, so, but all kidding aside, when you're the coach, like, what do you say in a private moment with him, or in front? Like, how do you handle that if he makes that play that the entire world is screaming, "Give the ball to Kevin Durant"? Bruce, I love your confidence. I love the fact that the play was a scramble. The one thing that people should give him a little bit of love for, that play was they almost the ball almost went out of bounds right. on the opposite side of the floor from where they inbounded. So I mean, you had a breakdown. He may not have had enough time to you know look up at the you know the clock. But you know you see the player like James Harden. You see him. He you know his head goes up all the time. He knows exactly as does Kyrie, as does Kevin. That but that's who they are. Yeah, you just you tell them in a nice way. Look, if if we if we lose the game, let's lose the game with two of the best players in the league taking the shot. Now, if they're double teamed or you're all by yourself and you can create something, but he like goes in, jumps into Brooks' stomach, and again, Brooks' defense I think was a big factor on that play. But th- that play was frantic from the pass. Once that pass started rolling along the floor to the other side, it was they were out of control. They weren't nearly as composed as you would think uh, a team with Kyrie and KD would be in a situation like that. They had plenty of time to execute. Unfortunately, their execution because of that inbounds pass was not very good. You know when it comes to Bruce Brown? Like a lot of things, sometimes you just got to shoot your shot. Speaking of shooting your shot, Hawk and Crowder. And Solana, they take a shot at Bruce Brown. And Solana, you lost too. You rarely come in on this stuff, but you went in and uh, and you lost last night too. Yeah, I want to give Bruce Brown a piece of my mind too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... That plus a in-studio live performance you don't want to miss next. Not to mention some reggae for you here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on Five Sixty over the past twenty four hours. I am Dan Day on a feel good Friday, and you know you're feeling good listening to those good reggae beats, the tunes coming out your speakers. Ah, yes. Doesn't it feel good that you live in one of the best places in the world with the best sports teams in the world? Okay, maybe not the best sports teams in the world, but there are teams. Win or lose, we booze and watch them and cheer them on and have eternal hope. And we cover them nonstop for you right here at 560 The Joe. Also, in the afternoons, get a little bit of bliss with the old Hawk and Crowder show. Solana steps in, cast of Merry Men. They got it going on. In fact, they even got an in-studio performance from Art God Savi to begin the show. Not to mention, what is Bruce Brown doing and is it PT or physical therapy? Is the Hawk and Crowder show. Boca represent? I lotion my yeah, yeah, uncle's yeah, ankles yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. Did you? The term pancake was copyrighted or something. I need my fix. Monday from Friday to two to the six. Hopping in crowd, I tune in the bits. Competition going super intense. Both stations, man, I can't switch. Crowded don't quit. I mean I'm wrong. 
way to get my daily dose I'm on a mission for jokes I'm tuning in on the road I pull it up on my phone I pull it up while at home Alexa, like, leave me alone Alexa, play Hawkman and Crowder show I've had enough of you Boneless? Oh, no! That's not flavor, though, huh? Venus Williams here, Venus, what's up? I'm button your shirt, Tom That's our song and there's Art God Savi on the lyrics. I guess put together the entire track, but he's running the board for us the last couple days. Our guy Marcos on 560. And as that song is playing, I'm banging on the window to 560 because his back is to us. Yep. And I like to see him perform it live because he's not <laughs> always in the studio. So I like to see him perform it. In fact, can you play that track one more time, our opening track, Steven? I want to see you perform this thing. In fact, you know what? I'm going to put this on Instagram. Hold on. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, Marcos. We got fireworks or smoke or something. We need something. We y'all, need something. Y'all ready? <laughs> yeah. Well, I want you to turn the uh, the monitors down in here and crank up the sound so I can put this on uh, Instagram. Because if my uh, if my if the if the uh, microphones are on, then we won't be able to hear it. But here it is, ladies and gentlemen. I know you won't be able to see it till you see my Instagram. But here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Art God Savi. Performing. This is the Hawkin Crowder Show. Boca represent. I lotion my yeah, yeah, uncle's yeah, ankles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you? The term pancake was copyrighted. I need my fix. Monday from Friday to two to the six. Hopping in crowd, I tune in the bits. Competition going super intense. Both stations, man, I can't switch. Crowded don't quit. I'm in, I'm wrong. Download at odyssey.com. Shout out to Lana for bringing it strong. And everyone else that they bring it along. Hockman and Crowder show. I've had enough of you. Boneless? Oh no! That's not though, huh? Venus Williams hit Venus Williams. That was excellent. Alright. I'm gonna post that. I'll post it on Instagram. It's Radio Mark Hockman on Instagram and uh Art God Savi. What is your uh what's your Instagram, Marcos? A-R-T-G-O-D-S-A-V-I-I. Art God Savvy at Instagram. There you go. Hey, Love his energy. He's got oh. energy for days, man. Man, that boy. Hope my, phone will, uh, hope my phone will hold that uh, video for a while before I get a chance to upload it and tag everybody. <laughs> so I'm just turning my phone off. We lost our Robbie Double Dog Moneyline Parlay last night. Are we 0-2? We were 0-2. And, and we even uh, said after we had Robbie on from the Tobin and Leroy show, you know, he sounds very confident, but, you know, He's living in a, an apartment with 17 other dudes, and uh, I can't imagine that he wins a lot, and he didn't win a lot. Very bad Wi-Fi. Now, oh I will say... Goodness. Swag going to get you so far. I will say the confidence level was there, the performance was not, but no, uh, no fault of his on that first game, man. I don't know what Bruce Brown was doing last night. <gasps> now, I'm a University of Miami grad, I'm a University of Miami fan, so I always want to support the UM guys. What the hell was Bruce Brown doing last night? You've got KD on the court. You've got Kyrie on the court. 
What the hell is he doing trying to take over the game at the end? One hand floaters. Get Bruce. Get you know what? It, you know what? You talking about UM. I'm a UF guy. I told Tebow to go sit your ass down, right. get out the league. Right. We, have, we have to understand it, Hawk. Bruce Brown should not be taking shots when Kyrie and KD and are Bruce on the Brown court. had a decent first half, but that's fine. Know what your role is. Your role is not to do that at the end of the game when you got KD and Kyrie standing around. <laughs> Bruce, great first half. Now pass the ball to our All-Stars. Right. Now, Bruce had me hot last Oh, night. my God. Oh, did he have me hot. I was screaming on my couch because I thought we still had a chance at this double-dog parlay, you know, because there was a chance that, that Brooklyn was going to win that game. We yeah. had it straight up. We weren't taking the points. We were taking it straight up. And so, uh, and Solana, you lost too. You rarely come in on this stuff, but you went in and, uh, and you lost last night too. Yeah, I want to give Bruce Brown a piece of my mind too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean – there was a point where, you know, things were going for him. He was having a nice game. So I get the idea, right, that he's hyped up and he wants to make a play. But you're 0 of 3 already in the last 30 seconds. You were just hobbling up the court, got the ball, and immediately tried to do a floater over Brooke Lopez, which makes no sense to me because when you're hurt, get the damn ball out of your hands. KD just scored seven straight points and looked unstoppable. Looked unstoppable. And that seven-point run... Right? There were two twos and then a three. He looked unstoppable. <laughs> He's not missing. He is not missing if you give him the ball. I don't know what they'll happen there. Hey, and Steve Nash, I know it's your first year in the NBA. Can you work out a better inbounds play? <laughs> what I mean, the hell was K- that? KD, uh-huh. run around circles. We're going to just get you the ball <laughs> like, and see what happens. Like, I mean, my God, man, do we sound like three guys that lost money on this game? Like, <laughs> we're, in, we're in Miami. Brian Flores spoke to the media today, and we're railing about Bruce Brown's last 30 seconds in a Brooklyn Nets game. <laughs> Bruce, <laughs> give the ball up, Bruce. Oh, my God. Funny as hell, man. He, oh, he Drove me crazy. All right, let's get headlines here to start out the show. Headlines with the money-losing Alejandro Solana, who was at uh, at PT today, getting his physical therapy in. Yeah, got a little PT. Yeah. Quad sets. Are you tired of that word, that, that phrase, <laughs> oh quad sets? Yeah, I, I know. hate it. He posted that on Instagram. If you want to see uh, Solana doing some physical therapy, was it Alex M. Solana on Instagram? If you want to see me doing PT. Right. I'm sorry, not physical therapy, because athletes call it PT. So uh, where where, where did that? No, no, Solana. He made that up. No, I know he made it up. Like, no, athletes don't sit around talking PT. I'm going to physical therapy. I'm injured. At Alex M. Solana for some (laughs) PT videos. I'm telling you, Hawk and Crowder are fun. I really want to do like an unbridled, uncensored behind the scenes with Hawk and Crowder because a lot of times when we have some free time here at the radio station, we'll all kind of gather in the hallways and joke around. Hawk, Crowder, Solana, Stunt and Steve, Jimmy, myself, Art God Savi, and it is a riot. And then they take it on the air and chop it up with you. It's the same, except we can cuss and kind of talk a little darker and deeper about some things. I want to do that one day. Maybe put it on YouTube. Maybe put it on Instagram Live. Maybe my OnlyFans page if I ever get that started. Come on, OnlyFans. But seriously, we chopped up Crowder and I get crazy. Crowder and I are the loud, crazy, wild ones, while Hawk is the intelligent, quick-witted one. Solana is Solana on and off the air. Art God Savi's rapping. You got Jimmy being Jimmy. Stunt Steve laughing and getting in there. Oh, man, it's always so much fun. But 
Best thing to do right now until I get that OnlyFans page going with the unbridled, uncensored stuff is to listen to Hawk and Crowder weekdays from 2 to 6. Woo! I have been nonstop blowing and going. Three nights a week now, I'm doing trivia at different places. If you want to find out more about it, at Dan Day Radio on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, One Day OnlyFans. But I'll tell you where I'm going to be at and what I'm going to be doing. I know the other night, Thursday actually, last night, it seems like a long time ago, you know what I'm saying? I was out at the Duffy's Implantation, and it is trivia, but it is also a party. Having a great time with great people. My guys, Ron and Clive, are always there. Dolphin Dave was in the mix last night. Carol, his sister, was there. Man, we just had it was just a great time. So much fun. And then after I did trivia, people started saying, Hey man, play keep the music going. Are you the DJ? I said, No, no. Some girls having a birthday. I said, let me sing her happy birthday. Let me play her a birthday tune. So it turned into like a club. There's people dancing on the bar. It's just wild, man. It was a wild good time. But let me tell you. I drank myself some Guinnesses that night. Ooh, man, drank myself Guinness. I love Guinness, you know. I'm Cajun, but I'm also Irish like most New Orleanians seem to be. Cajun and Irish. I like that Irish beer. So I drank a bunch of Guinness, and I felt like I was 65 when I woke up this morning. Kind of like Joe Montana. He woke up this morning and was actually 65, and he is a spokesperson for Guinness. This is more than a ball. And this is more than a beer. This ball looks like it was born to sit on the couch. But in the right hands, man, it can fly. And when you look at this pint, it looks dark and heavy. But take a sip, and it tastes light and smooth. And if there's anything this ball has taught me, is that if you look out for those around you, you will come back. We'll all come back. So happy birthday, Joe Montana, and if you ever want to slide my name in there to be another endorser for Guinness or any beer company, I am totally, totally down. When I was with the Hawk and Crowder show, we kind of had a little sponsorship with Funky Buddha. That was unbelievable. You go to the Funky Buddha tap room, woo, and then lately I've been doing trivia at 26 Degree Brewing in Pompano Beach, and they've been showing me some love too. Ooh, that Zico's Rage over there at 26 Degree Brewing. If you like stouts, yes, very, very excellent. Of course... Once again, to keep up with all the things that I do because I'm always on the go. Seriously, tonight is the first night I have not had to work. I'm just working here at the radio station. Well, I call it my day off when I only work here at the radio station because it is like a day off. I mean, I'm joking around with sports and Hawk and Crowder and some other people here at the radio station. It's just fun. It's just fun. It's just good. I don't have to work a real job at all this night. So I'm going to go home with my dude dudes downstairs, Giuseppe and Nathan. I'm going to chop it up, watch some NBA basketball, drink some beer, and have a good time. Maybe even watch some baseball. Heck, Nathan works with the Marlins. He's on the crew that works on the field. We like baseball. And I like Mookie Betts. He is a bad man. He doesn't just do it with the bat. Mookie Betts does it with the glove, too. Listen to both him skills going off right here. It's just about fastball command as the 2-0 is socked to center field. Reynolds heading back, gives it a look. Forget about it. Third pitch of the game, Mookie Betts go long, his sixth of the year. It's 1-0 Dodgers. That's the curveball and the changeup. 2-2 is shipped to right. Betts is going to grab it. Made it look easy, but here comes Gonzalez. What a throw from Betts, and it's on the money. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He does it so casually. Whirl and twirl. That's just Mookie being Mookie, hitting a home run, then catch him out, throw him out. I like the way he plays baseball. He's got that toughness to him. He gets in the batter's box. He mean mugs the pitcher. Gold chains all over the place. 
Got that swag, just like he should have been at the U or something like that. Man, Mookie Betts, great player, great player. But maybe more worried about the Marlins nowadays. That's my team. Got to stick with them no matter what. Maybe go out to a Marlins game this year. Who knows? Yeah, I heard it's a good time. Very good time. It's always been a good time in the past, so I'm going to make it out to a Marlins game soon. If I can ever get a day off, and I have a night off, but I want really, really, really want to kind of lay low tonight, get ready for the weekend, get everything rocking and rolling, hang out with Giuseppe and Nathan, have myself a good time. So that's probably what I'm going to be doing tonight, and then the weekend will just take care of itself. Ah, yes, taking care of itself. Remember to get at me on all the social medias at Dan Day Radio. That's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's Facebook, maybe one day OnlyFans. I'm hoping if there's ever demand for it, I'm trying to look my best out here in these streets. Maybe I'll get recognized. Maybe I'll get noticed. Of course, if you want to download the podcast for this show or any of the shows on the radio station, it's free. And there's a lot of places to get it for free. Not only fans. That's not free. Nonetheless, you can go to WQAM.com, the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, once again, for absolutely free. I am running out of here. I am going to go lift some weights because, like I said, I want to look good for OnlyFans if they ever come calling. And then I'm going to run home, like I said, pick up two cases of beer because I like to have massive amounts of beer in my house just in case there's ever a pandemic or a storm. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, plan ahead. And, you know, get the sports thing going. Oh, lots of soccer this weekend. Euro Cup has started. It looks great. The Copa Cup starts this weekend. Team USA has been looking good. They've got a little time off, but then they're going to have the CONCACAF Gold Cup. That's going to be fun, and we're going to be here for all of it, bringing you the best of the best right here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Later, slug. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.